Good morning, saints. We have any saints out there in Battle Creek? If you're a saint, raise your hand. You know what a saint is, don't you? A saint is a sinner who has fallen down and by the grace and power of Jesus Christ gotten up again. Do we have any saints here today? That's better. That's better. If I could have my two friends come up while I'm reading this. Um, I ask Dr. Ted Wilson, the General Conference President, a couple of months ago to write a proclamation for Battle Creek Academy. And yesterday morning he sent it to me. Stand right here, okay? Let me read this. Whereas Battle Creek Academy is the first Seventh-day Adventist school to be voted by denominational leaders in 1872. Whereas Battle Creek Academy celebrates its 150th anniversary in 2022 with a motto, we are intentional about developing servant leaders who build the community and who are ambassadors for the Lord. And whereas the latest December 2020 statistics show that Seventh-day Adventist schools are found in 112 countries, 900, uh, sorry, 9,312 primary, secondary, and vocational schools, and 117 colleges and universities. And whereas these include medical, nursing, dental, and applied health professional education in support of the denomination's uh, medical missionary vision and its healthcare network, which can trace their roots back to Battle Creek. I therefore send greetings to all assembled at Battle Creek Academy on the occasion of the 150th anniversary of its founding. This occasion commemorates the vision of education which, according to Ellen G. White, prepares students for the joy of service in this world and for the higher joy of and wider service in the world to come. It is this vision of our pioneers in Battle Creek which has been carried forward as a shining torch to the present day, set on a standard to give light to others. The light which is sourced in Christ shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Seventh-day Adventist education is essential during these last days of earth history to prepare young people for heaven through dedicated Seventh-day Adventist teachers and the power of the master teacher who is coming soon to take us home to our eternal classroom experience with him. And it's signed, Ted N.C. Wilson, President of the General Conference. Thank you for, um, I'll, I'll tell uh, Ted that, that you received that. I have some friends up here. Tell me your name. William Never. All right. Whose children are these? Raise your hand if these are your children. Now, um, if these are your children, raise your hand. 
If these are your children, raise your hand. Yeah, they're back there, I know. You see, it's only when we as a church, both here in Battle Creek and as a, as a, as a denomination, understand that these aren't just their children, these are my children. These are your children. That's why Battle Creek Academy exists, because these and all of those other young ones are your children. Thank you. I appreciate that. By the way, we're not going to help pay tuition. <laughs> well, I take that back. I take that back. Did you know that that parents pay between, if I average between elementary and secondary school here at Battle Creek, about $6,000 a year. That's what tuition is. But did you know that it actually costs almost $11,000 to go to school here? Right? If you take the total operating expense divided by the number of students, it comes out to almost $11,000. So if parents pay $6,000 and it costs $11,000, where's the rest of that coming from? I want to tell you that the Seventh-day Adventist Church loves these kids so much that we pay almost as much as the parents do for their education. Thank you. Battle Creek Tabernacle and Urbandale and Delton and all the other constituent churches that help pay and the donors. It's not just, it's not just subsidies, it's donors. Kids need to understand and parents need to understand that the Seventh-day Adventist Church loves these kids that we're willing to invest in them. I'd uh, like to do one more thing before I really get started. You see, on Thursday night they told um, Freddie Russell he had 15 minutes. I'm only going to take five. And I'm going to let the Lord lead in the rest of it. Gene told me I had till three o'clock. But then they just announced that lunch was at one, so I know how many people will stay to the end. With the faculty, any, anybody that's been a faculty member at Battle Creek Academy, please stand. I know you've done this once, but I want to do it again. If you've been a staff member, I want, to, I want to tell you, these are, the, these are the unsung heroes of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. You have no idea how much it takes to be a faculty member at an academy. It is, it is above and beyond. Thank you. You may be seated.
Last week, I was in Boston. Um, some people think I'm retired. My wife doesn't. Let, let, me, let me do this first. Many people have asked you, asked me about my wife. She's not here. Tomorrow is the first day of general conference session, and she is still one of the editors of the Adventist Review and Adventist World, and so she couldn't be here. But I think she's online. So everybody say hello to Sandy. Okay. All right. All right. We got that out of the way there. Last week, I was in Boston. Um, I'm still the executive director of the uh, National Council for Private School Accrediting. We represent about 8,000 schools um, in the United States and, and other countries. And um, it's 20 private school accreditors, Baptist, Catholic, Jewish, Islamic, uh, Lutheran, um, Montessori, for-profit, you name it, we cover it. And I'll tell you, when you get all of the directors of those denominations in one room, it's quite a scene. But we all have a number of things in common. We all believe in children. We all believe education is important. But the Seventh-day Adventist church in that group has a special place. I was president of that group for many years, chaired their board, and when I retired, they asked my replacement to come in and be the president of NCPSA because they wanted a Seventh-day Adventist in charge of the organization. There are 20, there are 19 other groups but they wanted an Adventist because they see the Adventist educational system as the system to be emulated. We've written most of their standards. We've written most of their policies. We've written most of their accreditation documents. We are the only organization in that group in which 100% of our schools are accredited. The only one. So you think about the Baptists. You know how they have about 12% of their schools that are accredited. The rest of their schools are unaccredited schools. You think about the Catholics. You know, we're the largest parochial system in the world. The largest. Now, Catholics have more schools, but they're not a system. They only have about 15% of their schools that are accredited. The Seventh-day Adventist Church is one of the few systems, parochial systems, that require their teachers to be certified. They call them qualified teachers, but they don't define what quality is. We do. We have fabulous teachers. We're a leader in technology. 
We, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, through Dr. Horton, a, a committee called Technology and Distance Education Committee, TDAC, they have written the online standards for every private school in the U.S. They've written the standards, and they've adopted those standards. We're here today to talk about Battle Creek Academy. 150 years. Amen? Amen. Amen. And in your logo, you have two words, heritage and excellence. You have a long heritage. Ellen White, Battle Creek College. I just, just quick, 150 years, if you have 100 students a year, it's been over that sometimes and it's been under that sometimes. We'll just agree 100 students a year. 150,000 souls touched by this school. I'm old, but I was not here when it was founded. <laughs> but I know that those 150 souls have touched other souls that will be in the kingdom because of Battle Creek Academy. You have doctors, lawyers, teachers, preachers, administrators, men and women who have gone across this planet and shared Jesus Christ and shared the knowledge that they received from Battle Creek Academy. 150 years. The oldest school in the Adventist church. And it's excellence is the second word, heritage and excellence. It's not your buildings that make for an excellent school. It's not your equipment. It's not your textbooks. It's not your athletic fields. It's your teachers. Their commitment to Seventh-day Adventist education, their dedication to sharing Jesus Christ with students in the classroom every single day. They share with their students their God. None of my slides are working, but this actually looked nice when I did it. They're not on top of each other. So, um, academics. We did a study a few years ago called Cognitive Genesis. And we found out that Seventh-day Adventist schools can hold their head high among everybody, anywhere, public or private, academically. We found out that the longer students are in Seventh-day Adventist education, the better their, academ their, their academic achievement is. We found out, you know what our, our strongest subject is? Compared to 
private and, and public schools across this nation, you know what our, our strongest subject is? Science. Now, you would think that we wouldn't be that great in science, right? But we are. I'm a biology, chemistry, physics teacher, so that makes, me, makes my heart proud that we do well in science. Service. Battle Creek Academy is committed to service to others. Battle Creek Academy is, is committed to character development. The only thing we're going to take with us when we leave this planet is our characters. And we can teach all the physics and biology and English and I never ain't very good at English, but English or, or anything else. We can teach all of that, but unless we, we share the character of Christ with our students, unless that is foundational to what we do, then we've wasted our time. Spiritual growth. Spiritual formation got to be a nasty word for a while in the church. I'm proud that we formulate within our children a spiritual growth. We do a study every 10 years in the church called Value Genesis. And one of the things that we study in that is... Um, Grace orientation, grace formation. Do, do students understand that they are saved by grace, not by what they do? Do they, do they understand that, that Jesus died for them? We want to know that. We actually test for that. You see, there's two kinds of... of um, of grace orientation. When students are small, they have what's called external or extrinsic faith. They believe because their parents believe. They believe because they were told to believe. What we want to do in Adventist education is transform extrinsic faith into intrinsic faith. It comes from within that that faith development is important inside of them, not just outside of them. And only when we can share intrinsic faith and build intrinsic faith in our students does that intrinsic faith become outward faith that they can share with others. One of the questions for our generation it's a big question. There are many, but I think this is one of the essential questions for our generation. What is truth? Truth has become something that nobody can define in today's society. Black is white, white is black. No one can agree, even on the simplest of values. I'm sure it's not that way in Michigan, but it's that way in Idaho. 
We can't even agree on what truth is. Right? How do we share a value system with our children if we can't agree what truth is? How do you teach the next generation if you can't define what truth is? That's what Seventh-day Adventist education is all about. When I was doing my PhD many years ago, I was in a, a class at, at Andrews University, and the professor got up and said, there's no such thing as absolute truth. And we argued with him for a while, but he was firm that there's no such thing as absolute truth. And I quit the program and left the university. Because I don't think that's true. I believe that there is absolute truth. And unless we embrace and know within ourselves what truth is, we can never share that with our children. Is that right? Ambiguity has no place in the spiritual life of our children. Man has struggled over the topic of creation and evolution for years and years and centuries. And I personally think that there's the kernel of that is truth. Are we organisms from natural selection and biochemistry? Or we, are we created by a heavenly being? That's a question. I think that the answer lies in what you believe and where you believe truth lies. Does truth come from a test tube, from the scientific method, or does truth come from Scripture? Where is absolute truth, and is there such a thing? Truth. Be not afraid of life. Believe that life is worth living and that your belief will help create the facts. Pragmatist James, uh, uh, William James. Is it, is it true that your belief creates facts? See, I believe that truth is independent of belief. Truth is in, I can believe all I want that I'm skinny. I can believe that all I want until I look in a mirror. And my belief doesn't change my weight. I can believe that I'm an astronaut, but my belief doesn't get me off the ground. Is that right? So belief is independent of truth, or truth is independent of your belief. The focus of the scripture is not so much on the act of belief 
as it is in the object of your belief. Think about that. The scripture is not, it's not the act of believing, it's who you believe in that's important. Where do you place your faith, your beliefs, and your truth? In humanism or in spirituality? Now, this was supposed to come up one at a time, so you're, you're going to get the end before you get the, the, the punchline here. But how many of you are fishermen? There's got to be some fishermen in Michigan. All right. There's some fishermen. I've made a decision in my life. It was a really, really tough decision. But I decided to never again fish in a swimming pool. <laughs> Why wouldn't I fish in a swimming pool? Because there's nothing there to catch, right? And I believe that spirituality is caught, not taught. I believe that spirituality is caught, not taught. We can teach religiosity, but we can't teach spirituality. Unless our teachers have something to catch, unless they're infectious for Jesus, we have a problem. We start teaching religiosity and not catching spirituality. And we know an awful lot about infections right now, don't we? Infectious for Jesus. I believe that's the Adventist advantage. Let me share a truth. Education is not perfect. Let me share another truth. Adventist education is not perfect. Battle Creek Academy is not perfect. As I go across this country and across the world and speak, I have people come up to me all the time and say, I am never going to darken the door of another Adventist church because I got kicked out of academy for eating a hot dog. I got kicked out of academy because I had a radio in my room. We are not perfect. We are not perfect. But we can serve someone who is. We can serve someone who is perfect. Jesus Christ is that person. That's the beauty of it. In Christian education, if it's done right, Christian education, if it's done right, and it can be done wrong, but if it's done right, we don't have to be perfect. We just need to be connected to the one who is perfect. People used to ask me, what's the one thing that we could do to make Adventist education better? They ask me that all the time. What is the one thing? How, how do we fix this? Come on, Dr. Blackmore. How do we fix this? And my answer is always the same. If we had every teacher, and I'm sorry, every preacher in this church that had something to catch, we would be exploding with children. We... And, and is it limited to teachers and preachers? 
You have to have something to catch. You have to be infectious. It's got to come from each of us, not just from the teachers and the preachers. It's got to come from us. Because who do these kids belong to? And unless you have something for these kids to catch, they're going to be immune. So what's God's plan for his people? Take out your Bibles or your other holy devices. Turn with me to Jeremiah 29.11. This is God speaking to you. This is not some, this is a promise that God has made Put your name in there. For I know the plans I have for Larry. Put your name in there. Declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. The story I tell, they didn't put a clock where I could read it on purpose. <clears throat> I graduated from public school almost 50 years ago. What was happening in 1972 and 73? Vietnam War, I, I had friends in my class that were drafted and went directly from graduation um, to Vietnam. And Bobby was one of those, one of those, um, those people. Bobby left, Bobby was six foot four and wore bib overalls and, and um, you, you know what I'm, you know, he's just kind of the, the farmer, grew up on a farm, wasn't really, an intellectual, and he went off to Vietnam. And two weeks after being in Vietnam, his platoon was ambushed and he was taken prisoner of war in Vietnam. And he spent the next six months in the Hanoi Hilton. Now that's not those are for, I, I guess maybe I better explain that to some people. The Hanoi Hilton was a, a Vietnamese prison camp. He spent the next six months in a four foot by four foot dark cell. He couldn't lay down. The water would drip down the walls all the time and moss and, and slime would grow. And they'd throw his food in and he'd eat what he could eat. The war ended. He was released at our, I think it was our 10-year anniversary. The only, the only time I've gone back to, to my alumni weekend in a public school, it was held at a bar. Our 10-year reunion was held in a bar. 
And I went and I just couldn't bring myself to go inside. And I started to leave and, and I saw Bobby standing in the parking lot. And I knew Bobby. So we started talking and I said, you know, what's going on? And he told me this story. And I says, Bobby, what is it that got you through that tough time in your life? What was it? Was it, was it coming home and, and having that huge hug from your mom? Is that what got you through? Was it coming home to a great, big, thick, juicy Boca burger? <laughs> was that it? What was it that got you through that tough time in your life? And he said, what got me through was I wanted a future. And I could not see a future beyond those four walls. There was no future for me. There was only death and, and misery. I'm telling you this morning that many of our children are in that same place. They can't see past the dark walls of this world. They need a hope and a future. Seventh-day Adventist education provides a hope and a future. So who are God's children? Because of time, I'm not going to ask you to do this. We are all God's children. Each of us are God's children. Being a child of God has no relationship to chronological age. God loves us no matter what. Matter of fact, there is nothing that you can do, there is nothing that you have done that can separate you from God's love. There is nothing you can do, I don't care whether it's, it's adultery or murder or pride or envy or anger, nothing you can do to separate yourself from the love of God. And there's nothing that you can do to earn his love. You can burn your body, you can, you can give all of your money, and there's nothing you can do to earn God's love. And if we were to instill those two things in our children and in ourselves, we would have a whole different church. God loves us no matter what. He loves us because we love him because he first loved us. Love comes from God. Why are you here? There has to be something or someone 
who has impacted your life at Battle Creek Academy. You're here for a reason. Today, the common denominator of why we're here is Battle Creek Academy. But Seventh-day Adventist education is the, is the catch-all. It started here, and today God wants to be sure that what was started in Battle Creek 150 years ago ends in eternity for our students. I noticed that when they did the roll call, they didn't go back past 1940. I don't know why that is. Because they may not be here in person. But Jesus Christ loves every one of those that are in the grave today. Those that, as was said by Gene, we're standing on the shoulders of giants today in this, in this sanctuary. People who have given their lives for uh, Jesus. Why does Battle Creek Academy exist? Is it because you have the best academics in the whole county? Is that right? Yeah, is that why we exist? Are academics important? Are academics important? Yeah, but that's not why we exist, is it? Is, do we exist so that um, we can provide a safe environment for our kids? Is that why we exist? Ask those in Texas if a safe environment is important. And it's a safe environment physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. We have to provide a safe, but is that why we exist? Do we exist so that our children know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior? Is that why we exist? Is that why? No. It's not why. Because they could go to a Baptist school and know Jesus. They could go to a Catholic school. And I've, since I retired, I, have do, I do a lot with other denominational systems. And I can tell you, they want their kids to know Jesus. The only reason that Battle Creek has any right to exist is so that we have rigorous, strong academics in a safe environment where they know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior in the context of the Adventist church. If you leave that last piece off, there are going to be Baptists or Catholics or Lutherans and still be the same. We have to be distinctly Seventh-day Adventist in the church. It always bothered me when, when schools would go from Car Carp Lake Adventist School to Carp Lake Christian School because they thought they'd get more kids. We have to be distinctly Seventh-day Adventist and not apologize for it. It's your mission 
to provide a safe, nurturing, Christ-centered, Seventh-day Adventist educational program that provides excellence in our students' spiritual, academic, physical, and social development to prepare them for service in this world and in the world to come. Do you believe that? Are we living up to that? We have to, don't we? We have to. See, Battle Creek has been doing this for 150 years. The administration, the faculty, the staff take that mission as a sacred responsibility. Each member of the church needs to take that as a sacred responsibility and keep the doors of Battle Creek Academy open. It's not easy to run a school today. It's not easy. It's our responsibility to share the truth. I grew up hearing the Adventist church has the truth. We have the truth, right? I was at a Baptist convention about two years ago, just before COVID hit, and they were talking about how the Baptist church had the truth. And they were making a big deal about the Baptist church having the truth. We believe... We believe that only Seventh-day Adventists are going to be in heaven. Really? You mean there's going to be others there? There's going to be Catholics in heaven? There's going to be Baptists in heaven? But they don't have the same truth we have. How are they going to make it? Jesus. How are they going to make it? Jesus. And his righteousness. The same way we're going to make it. It's only by Jesus and his righteousness that we are going to make it. Doesn't matter about the truth, it matters about our relationship with Jesus Christ and our acceptance of his forgiveness for us, our acceptance of his love for us. It's only then that we will make it. So today, I share with you that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you so much that he's willing to die for you. And many of, some of you haven't darkened the door of an Adventist church in a long time. I understand that. But if you take away anything from today, understand that Jesus loves you no matter what. And he wants you as his son or his daughter. And he's waiting for you to make that commitment.